19 minutes it is before 9 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. Now, it's our Culture Talk segment, uh, which we bring to you every Thursday, where we speak to people uh, that continue uh, through their work and uh, through, uh, I guess, uh, continue to take our culture forward. And uh, when uh, we say culture, we don't mean it in the very static sense. Uh, but really, I guess all of the things that we continue to do to express ourselves, uh, to be able to respond to life's varied uh, uh, challenges and uh, really in doing so, uh, be able to um, reconnect in some instances with our identity and uh, in a very shifting and fluid context. And my next guest certainly fits into that vein. Uh, she's a visual artist, a curator, filmmaker, writer, director and an activist. And uh, Kubu Zulu is her name. And uh, we speak to her this evening about her exhibition Aftermath. We'll also be talking about her work on her great-great-grandfather, uh, King Denis Zulu. And uh, Kubu joins me now on the line. Kubu, good evening to you and welcome. Thank you very, very much for the invitation. I am very, very honored. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us. I mean, I think, you know, the last time I saw you was uh, probably at a protest uh, on campus. Um, <laughs> and you were probably running and ducking away from rubber bullets or something of that kind. So oh, goodness. <laughs> great, to, great to catch up on radio. Um, and uh, once again, you know, great gratitude to you, of course, for documenting uh, much of those running battles that uh, generations and generations of students have had, uh, more so in the recent moment. Um, and uh, we recognize that work and we doff our hat to you. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I'm truly honored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's maybe talk about, uh, I mean, before we get to aftermath and uh, some of the abstract paintings where you grapple with colonization, but also, I guess, the fallout of the neoliberal capitalist economy and its implications uh, on humanity, on the ecology. Uh, but I'm quite interested in, in some of your work around your great-great-grandfather, uh, King Dinizul. Uh, let's talk about that. I mean, I was saying to my colleagues earlier on, uh, he spent a considerable amount of time in St. Helena, which is also the place where uh, Napoleon had been exiled to. But but talk, talk to us about his story and how you've tried to make sense of it uh, for a contemporary audience. Wow. Whew. That is such a, a big question, but uh, I'll attempt to answer it. You've said so many things that are rich and profound and, and thoughtful that, you know, we could, at the end of the, of the day, we're dealing with human beings, mm. um, with human feelings, I mean. <laughs> you know, um, so for me, it was also interesting when I was engaging with it, um, at the time when a lot of my energies um, were focused um, on Dinizulu's exile, was um, in my research and my encounters, um, just coming across, you know, at the time, um, you know, the youth, 25-year-olds who were aware of the story and when they weren't, you know, wanted to know more about the story because, Mm. you know... Denis Zulu really arrives on the scene when he's 16 years old uh, through no choice of his own because his father, King Gajwayo, had been assassinated uh, by the colonizers at the time, represented by Governor Oswald. So, you know, it's, um, it's an appealing... Um, 
catalytic event, you know, they'd say in phone terms, you know, because immediately an audience is hooked, mm. you know. And, um, and, and that's kind of, you know, one of its first beauties is, is that, you know, it's the story of this young boy who's to become a man because he's 16 um, when the Battle of Janini happens. Um, in which um, his uncle, um, who is um, not in the Bugo, but who is his opposition, uh, anyway, Uzi mm. you know, uh, teams up with the colonizers, with the British, because he covets the throne. You know, so so there's that dynamic. So it becomes a complex story coupled, of course, with the story of uh, Miss Harriet Colenso, who's his most ardent supporter. So, you know, on the one hand, you know, there's, there's that exploration of a kind of um, interracial relationship, mm. which is quite nuanced in a sense, because... Uh, it's a relationship that had started with a parent, with his father and with her father. Uh, but it's also a relationship that has its dynamic when it comes to succession, which is interestingly, um, which I will not comment on, but is playing itself out currently. Mm, mm. Um, but, you know, so... In, in my view, audiences are ready for that, as they are for, uh, for my visual Thrones. artwork currently showing at the Goddard Stockdale mm. Gallery. Just maybe uh, before we let this one go, I mean, in this process, you find out that actually your father was born in St. Helena rather than where... No, my grandfather. Your grandfather, yes, sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. And, and, and that was just, oh my goodness. <sighs> It was such a huge revelation because, uh, you know, it was also the way in which things had happened, you know, because my father had passed at such a, a, pivotal, a pivotal time when I most needed him. Mm. And, you know, I, I didn't foresee, you know, uh, his passing at all because, you know, as a dutiful daughter I, I tried as much as possible to check up on him and um you know so because of course there's the it's a trilogy so you know there's the part one which is the documentary aspect of it which you know we've had to uh shelve because you know lack of funding the lack of commitments from the department of arts and culture uh, right now, you know, our matter sits with the public protector. And as you know, artists have been going through the most in this country, the sit-ins at the National Arts mm. Council, you know, uh, led by Spongilem, Ngama, and other artists. It is quite admirable, but this is not what we should be going through because we are not prioritizing the arts. I mean, take a country like Germany, in which, you know former Prime Minister Angela Merkel, you know, the, the Department of Arts and Culture there uh, gives funding during a pandemic of 500 million euros. Whew. 
you know, this is how they value artists. And yes, we are not Europe. One can say that. But, you know, then one could have a lot of questions about, you know, why aren't we making the right deals then? Why are we making, you know, the deals that don't benefit us, that continue to uh, make us, you know, poor and, and underdeveloped? And South Africa is a, is a middle-income country, mm. you know. Um, and that's where it's different. So, you know, let's walk the talk and let's do it in the arts. You know, um, South Africa has been on the forefront, and I'm not being an essentialist, but South Africa has been on the forefront of so many uh, inventions, you know, um, from science to technology to medicine. Um, we shouldn't be losing our professionals, mm. um, you know, to, to countries uh, across the borders. You know, um, we're hemorrhaging. And mm. we shouldn't be because we're not prioritizing yeah. Yeah. the right things. But, you know, that's, sure. you know, but um, as it, it, it's all very complex. And I guess in a way, mm. this is what's been interesting about doing the work I'm, sure. I'm currently doing. Let's talk about the work you're currently doing. Aftermath. Um, and uh, here you grapple with a lot of, I guess, you know, themes and issues that uh, are contemporary in a sense, mm-hmm. uh, but also, I guess, trying to make sense of these. And, uh, you know, on the one hand, issues of colonialism um, in history, in recent past, and I guess in the contemporary moment, uh, but also then grappling with neoliberalism, um, you know, the assault on... Uh, uh, the planetary system. Uh, talk to me about how all of these tensions find expression in your work. Uh, thank you. That's that's a brilliant question and a very complex one. I'll try to answer it. Um, um, so, okay, we begin after my first work that began a couple of years ago. Mm. Um, actually, around this time of year, you know, as the seasons were changing, um, so it, that was interesting too because um, the weather was changing. Um, it's just also interesting for me that currently a place that I was born and grew up in, um, and that's had a great influence on me, like Durban. It was snowing a few days ago. <laughs> yeah, sign of the times. <laughs> you know, it, mm. it's crazy. Um, in a place like uh, Nongoma, you know, which I, I refer to as the village of my father, mm. of my late father. Um, you know, it, it has so much resonance for me because um, uh, after I was born, you know, the story goes that um, with my twin sister, who is an American citizen, she... <laughs> um, but what happened was um, we were visited at the hospital by a, a delegation king um, at the time, King Begizul, Supreme Begizul, Oga Solomon. So that was quite interesting for me because um, it seemed to be an unusual. Um, you know, visitation. The rarity was that also um, it was the first time within this culture in which, as in most African cultures, I believe the Nigerians practiced um, the same kind of custom, which is 
that, you know, twin children are not, um, allo- you know, they're not allowed um, to continue with life. They should be killed because they've seen as a bad woman, you know, stuff mm. like that, that people believed in at the time. But of course, and I guess this is what was different um, at the time. So, you know, that becomes a very interesting story as you're growing up because it's repeated at times. And also that when I, you know, we were taken to Nongoma when I was, you know, when we were two months old because my grandmother, Omar Zanini, had dreamt that, you know, these would be twins and they should be allowed to to live and were given mm-hmm. an, an, an aiming ceremony. So, you know, um, the whole idea of memory is what I've incorporated um, in speaking to Aftermath and, you know, what the consequences are for the climate crisis, which, mm. you know, we face globally, um, not just South Africa, but of course my content. My context is both South African and global Mm. Um, with a, you know, part of a a, a framework and a lens um, looking at it through childhood experiences and also through the lens of um, Zulu cosmology. Um, And, you know, all cultures have that. but it's the one that I'm also familiar with. So, mm. And because I was there more recently, uh, when His Majesty has passed, followed by His Majesty's wife, um, and that, you know, just so much that, that had been going on. And I think when you paint for me, uh, as I did when I began um, uh, the, the climate uh, series, um, the climate crisis series was that, you know, and it does often happen, but, you know, my body was telling me something as I was creating, mm. um, you know, that, that, you know, there are things that, well, my body isn't well and, you know, I'm surrounded by greenery, but, you know, my body isn't well and, and, it, and, and it reflects in the painting of, of how I, uh, suppose think about um, you know the our cosmology the the, the, the sky you know uh, the Lord of the sky you know Velingangi you know the princesses of the sky mm. um, so this is what I'm reflecting um, by showing the heaven heard. Uh, so what you have is a situation where it's it's interesting, I, I, I think, for, you know, those interested in heritage and legacy and mythology and thought patterns and, and symbolism, um, because it's really, you know, going back to what has always been there, to what we've known. What has happened is that our narrative has been disrupted because of colonization and apartheid, mm. you know, that have taken precedence. And, and so I think particularly with, you know, in more recent history, with the, 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 the student protest, the decolonization movement, you know, with Black Lives Matter, 
um, you know, with various, the Me Too, the hashtag Me Too campaign, gender-based violence, you know, the environmental issues, all of those have been so important in recent history. Mm. And we find ourselves in the pandemic because we have not behaved responsibly towards the planet. Yeah. You know, the world is run by a few people, and we simply, and that's why we've seen this protest. The woman in mm. Spain, mm. you know, who was saying we need to have equal salaries. You know, why should we get less because we're women? So you had these various movements that were happening around mm. the world, particularly to pay attention, I think, sure. to women's issues, what women wanted, mm. how women saw the world. And I, I, I think the, the, this pandemic, the COVID, has been a kind of lesson, in a sense, by mm. science and our lack of spirituality. You know, that has found us in, 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 in sure. the moment, you know, that we are because we have disrespected. Mm. We have disrespected science, we have disrespected yeah. the earth. Kubu. And this is what my work uh, attempts to do. Awesome. It, it attempts to disrupt, it attempts to, you know, bring us back to mm. the consciousness that we've always, our, our African sure. identities. Um, so it helps us to, to interrogate, mm. you know, in the most simple way. Sure. It's like, hmm. you know. Kubu, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. It's a, so unfortunate that we've run out of time because, I, you know, um, I could listen to you talking about this work, um, yeah. you know, the, the whole evening. But it's, it's unfortunate we have run out of time. And uh, just briefly for, for many of us who've been listening in, where can we see some of this work? Okay, so you can see the work at, um, 131 Albert Street, corner Nugget Street, which is at Nugget Square, Marshalltown in Johannesburg. Awesome. I'll repeat it. 131 Albert Street, corner Nugget Street, sure. at Nugget Square, Marshalltown, Johannesburg. Awesome stuff. Please pop in. Um, there's, there's 